0: to the Bonus Action Podcast, the show that explores Dungeons & Dragons one rule at a time. In this show, we plan to explore the rules of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons in short 15-minute episodes. I'm your host, James Intercaso, and I'm here with D&D expert and RPG muser, Sam Dillon. Hey, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Ah, oh, it's going great. You ready for today's topic? Absolutely. In this episode, we are discussing the concentration mechanic in D&D. You can find an explanation of this rule in the Player's Basic Rules D&D PDF on page 79, or in the Player's Handbook on page 203.
1: Here's how the rule works in a nutshell. When you are a spellcasting character... Some of the spells that you may cast require concentration. And in order for a caster to keep their magic active, you have to maintain your concentration. Now, if you lose concentration, your spell will end. Normally, things like regular combat activity, moving around, attacking another person after you've already cast that spell and you're concentrating, those things won't disrupt concentration. However, some things can. For example, casting a separate spell that requires concentration. It's impossible to concentrate on two spells at a time.
0: Or if you take damage, you are required to make a constitution saving throw. The DC for this save is half the damage taken with a minimum save of 10. And if you fail that constitution saving throw, you lose the spell you're concentrating on.
1: And if you take damage from multiple targets in the same turn, you have to make a constitution save for every time that something hits you and does damage.
0: Absolutely. And being incapacitated or killed, I mean, that's pretty obvious. If you're incapacitated or killed, you can continue to concentrate on a spell.
1: And just like many other things in the 5th edition rule set, the DM can rule that certain environmental phenomena might uh, cause a caster to make a constitution saving throw to maintain that concentration. Things like a wave crashing over a storm tossed ship, or, you know, an earthquake, or something like that. The DM can rule that you need to make a concentration check based on the different situations happening in game.
0: Now, we're going to talk about what kind of spells require concentration. There are 153 spells in the player's handbook. That's 42% of the spells that require concentration. So this is a pretty important rule. Some of those spells might be sustained buff spells like Stone Skin or Invisibility.
1: If you have an attack spell that gets sustained, like a Flaming Sphere or mordenkainen's Sword...
0: Or some of the more sustained effect spells, like Dominate Monster and Earthquake. Uh, you know, that includes all of the Conjure Creature spells. Conjure Celestial, Conjure Beast, that sort of thing. Those are all concentration spells.
1: Now, there is a group of spells that sustain, that do not require concentration, however. Things like Spiritual Weapon or uh, Fire Shield, Foresight, and Mage Armor.
0: Yeah, and these spells are often slightly weaker than other spells of their level, which do require concentration, but they do something similar. So concentration seems to be factored in to the spell level of a sustained spell.
1: Now, let's talk a little bit more about what can make you lose concentration. So, a little bit earlier, we mentioned casting another spell that requires concentration. This actually helps the spellcasting classes, for example, the wizard, the most popular spellcasting class, scale their spells up better at higher levels with the non spellcasting classes. What that means is that, you know, it used to be the case that a wizard could cast a buffing spell on themselves before battle, for example, with a red dragon. They could cast stone skin. They could cast resist elements. They could cast invisibility. And now now they're suddenly this almost invincible entity on the battlefield. Well, you can't do that now. You can't cast multiple spells like that that are extremely powerful because In general, really powerful spells are going to require some sort of level of concentration. So now basically the spellcasters have to pick one spell. So that sounds like a bad thing, but what it actually does is it forces the spellcasting classes to play a little smarter with their resources.
0: Absolutely. And it does mean that you will have more spells. You won't blow them all in one battle. And so you, uh, you know, it, it forces you to sustain that. And similarly, you can't cast a bunch of attack spells like Earthquake, Witch Bolt, and Mordenkainen's and Sword all at once to really pin down an enemy and control a battlefield, or summon a whole bunch of Celestials at one time and have your own Angel Army for an entire battle.
1: Right. This keeps it a little more balanced. And that's actually um, very much in line with the less steep power curve that occurs in this
0: edition. Yes, absolutely. And let's talk about losing concentration because you take damage. This rule forces casters to play it a little more smart, and it gives combat an extra layer. You want to protect your own party's caster, and you want to attack the enemy's caster to make them lose concentration on the spells that are buffing their allies or, you know, messing up your party.
1: That's right. And it also might make a lot of spellcasters think about their attributes a little differently. Now you're going to want a spell Caster with a high constitution, so that you can make those those con saving throws and have more effective spells that last longer. There's a really sad face you get when you've cast this concentration spell, it's gonna do a lot of good, but then you fail to save.
0: Sure, and also this makes the war caster feat necessary for some classes and builds like Eldritch Knight or Pact of the Blade Warlocks, who are constantly in combat. You know, they're casting spells, but then they're also in combat, and a lot of their spells do require concentration. So War Caster, a feat which gives you advantage on those Constitution saving throws, is definitely something that those casters should consider.
1: Right. And now, here's here's something that's really important. Because of the way that Bounded Accuracy works, and because there are ability score caps, what that means is that your Constitution save bonus is only going to go so high. However, monster damage, if you look at those high-level monsters, those high ICR monsters, those things are really dealing out the damage. What that means is, is that higher levels, it's actually much more difficult to hold on to a concentration spell, especially when you're fighting a solo big bad that deals tons of damage. For example, a dragon, our favorite creature.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hard to hold on to those spells during the old Tiamat and Tarask takedown. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And then, you know, of course there are some environmental effects that the DM might rule. And so if you're a DM thinking about concentration, one thing you want to think about are what are some environmental effects that you might call for a constitution save when a caster is trying to maintain concentration.
1: Right. And we already mentioned things like big waves hitting a boat, but But even something like uh, if you're doing a wilderness-style adventure, what if they uh, end up stepping in quicksand or, as I mentioned before, an earthquake? Or maybe they're on an ice field, and they're already maybe having to make a dexterity check so they don't fall prone. Well, guess what? That's going
0: to trigger your constitution save, too, for concentration. You know, Sam, when I think about this mechanic, it inspires me as a DM to call for constitution checks for other tasks beyond spellcasting that might require concentration. So, for instance, I might call for a rogue who is picking a complex lock in the middle of a battle who gets hit by an arrow to make a constitution saving throw. Otherwise, they may have to start over picking that lock.
1: Right. Or even something like ritual casting. If you have a group of adventurers maybe trying to perform a ritual, for example, raising a fallen ally. But something happens to interrupt that. Uh, they get ambushed and a barrage of arrows come come through the trees or, once again, another earthquake. You could tell I like earthquakes. I grew up in California. <laughs> 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 if that's happening, that's distracting. It's it's going to have a possibility of distracting. And yeah, it is inspiring to think about, okay, you know, I know that a lot of people looked at saving throws and looked at uh, the attributes and attribute checks and people said, oh, well, what's constitution good for because all of the other attributes have things attached to them strength for example has athletics right so you have these things well guess what constitution actually has a big chunk of the game tied to it if the dm chooses to you might just want to run fast and loose and not worry about it but this provides you with the ability to do that and some guidance just by looking at the way concentration is done
0: Oh, that's really smart. I'm definitely going to use some of that in my campaign. So, you know, overall, concentration is a pretty useful mechanic, which makes play more balanced and combat more interesting. It's simple, and once you know the basics, it's really easy to improv it as a DM.
1: That's right. And if you're playing a caster and you're concerned about concentration, just learn which spells require it and which don't, and use feats like Warcaster and Resilient, and use your ability score increases to boost that constitution save, and that will help you deal with the effects of damage and the other problems that you'll have with concentration at higher levels.
0: You know, we hope you enjoyed this short rule discussion. If you like the show, I encourage you to visit show.com and use our affiliate links for Amazon and dndclassics.com to support the show while you shop. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it throws a few copper pieces into the Tome Show's belt pouch so that we can continue to stay on the air.
1: And I'd like to send out a special shout-out to our listener, Chad. Chad, thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. And if any of you other listeners have any suggestions, corrections, or comments, it is possible that James and I got something wrong. We're not perfect. Uh, but please feel free to leave a comment at thetomeshow.com or email thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can also call the Tome Show's biz line at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E.
0: Sam, where can listeners find you?
1: Well, you can find me, as always, on twitter.com slash samuel or at rpgmusings.com.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash jamesindercasso or follow my blog at worldbuilderblog.me. Thank you for listening. See you later.